This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hello, I'm Joe Breeden, CEO of Prescient Models. Over the years, I've authored several articles for RMA Journal on topics around portfolio modeling, scoring, and various aspects of credit risk management. In 2014, I was co-editor of a book called Perspectives on Credit Risk, Portfolio Management, and Capital. This book collected a number of articles, including some of mine, but in total about 44 articles that covered a broad range of analytics topics for lending. These articles um, still have a lot of relevance to what we see today because they were not esoteric articles on analytical techniques, but really focused on fundamentals of modeling of various sorts. So we've written a new article uh, that summarizes some of how the COVID-19 crisis has impacted modeling and what we can still learn from these older articles. The key point, and one that you'll hear me repeat, is that the basic loan dynamics haven't changed. The aspects of, does someone have a job? Can they pay their bills? Are they going delinquent? Do they eventually default? And the underlying patterns of that, how does it depend on the age of the account, the economic environment, and the fundamentals in underwriting? Those are still there. What's happened, of course, is that we have uh, almost $4 trillion in direct government assistance, an enormous amount of assistance from the Federal Reserve, and loan forbearance programs across the industry. So these underlying models that you may have, the basic dynamics are still there, but the losses have been deferred. And in fact, we often expect to see those come back uh, in uh, Q1, Q2 next year in 2021. So as we look today at what's right with our models, what's wrong with our models, and what's wrong is the impact of forbearance and assistance and so forth, and that gets into how do you compute overlays? Well, to do an overlay, you have to understand what the model is telling you. And that's where some of these older articles are still relevant. Now, models are pattern recognizers. And so one thing we want to avoid is trying to lurch from one model to another when we don't know what the new pattern is. Uh, some folks ask if we can quickly redevelop models for the crisis. Well, you could develop crisis models, but only after the crisis. You need to have an outcome. And right now, we don't know how all this plays out. We have suppositions of what losses might look like next year. But the near-zero losses that many are uh, experiencing this year in 2020 are really because of these programs and we don't know what the final outcome is going to be. So no, we're not ready to create sudden short-term adjustment models. Instead, we have to look more at the fundamentals. So what are the fundamentals? Well, something that's have been added beyond just credit scoring and economic impacts, we can look at cash flow analysis. And this is adding a lot of insight to what people are trying to assess, whether it's underwriting or collections. 
Um, this is a new frontier relative to what uh, was done traditionally with credit bureau data, um, but it's particularly valuable through this crisis. Um, another thing we've seen in the past, and, and I have an article that focused on the correlation between loan demand and credit quality. And I will say this is an item where there has been a break with past patterns because in the past, when loan demand was high, credit quality was high. When it was low, credit quality was low. What we're seeing now is a split where if you just look at total loan demand, you would see that it's down for a number of products. Um, but you really have to drill in by segment that uh, for certain segments, basically higher income segments, uh, auto loan demand, for example, might be up and the quality appears to be good, whereas for other segments it's low. So um, the pattern just looking at the senior loan officer opinion survey may not hold the way it has before. Um, but if we look at stress testing models, this is an interesting one because stress testing models would tell you today that losses should be high, and yet we're seeing these low losses. Um, basically, the model is saying this is what would have happened without assistance. That's how we would interpret them. Now, that said, one of the challenges we have with any of the models is that the inputs to the models are not necessarily stable. If you look at initial unemployment claims, well, there's been a definitional change uh, that in this crisis, those who were self-employed can claim unemployment. And this is turning out to be a large fraction of total initial unemployment claims through this summer. So that definitional change means that your model, in that case, could be over-predicting. On the other hand, models that use unemployment rate as an input, well, unemployment rate is provided by the Bureau of Labor Statistics and they have said that they are undercounting unemployment rate because of problems in this crisis with how their surveys are being conducted. They don't want to change the numbers, so they are not adjusting their numbers for what they believe to be the case. But if you look, the so-called worst case unemployment rate this summer of around 14.5%, the Bureau of Labor Statistics says that really should have been over 19%. And yet in the news, we always hear about 14%. And if we take the data provided from economic data providers like FRED, the Federal Reserve Economic Data Service, um, we're getting the lower number. And so that can cause other models to underpredict. So there's a lot of volatility in these estimates, a, lot, a high uncertainty, and in some cases, a specific bias, which we need to be careful of. But What's really interesting is what are we going to do with this data in the future? If we go out a year or two and ask, how should we model these events? Do we include data from 2020? Well, it may have the wrong pattern if we're looking at credit scoring. It certainly may have the wrong data if we look at these definitional changes. But if we're looking at economic capital, this is exactly the kind of extreme event we might want to reserve capital for. So there's a lot of interesting questions, and a lot of those articles in this book, Perspectives on Credit Risk, Portfolio Management, and Capital, cover those fundamentals. So we can still recommend that book as something that you might want to review as you think about how to use your models today.